I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. What's up, happy lifers? Thanks for joining us today. You are in for a special treat. We have a very special person with us. She's kind of like our adopted daughter. We have Christine is in the in the office with me today. My my wife would say hello. Hello. Wow. Does she, she sound hot or what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then we have Crystal Smiley. Welcome, Crystal. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Crystal is kind of like, you're kind of like our adopted daughter. Yes. You know, I remember when we were youth pastors and you came into, started coming to church there and, and uh, we just fell in love with you. It's just a God thing. We just really felt like, you know, God is calling us to you or you to us or whatever. In fact, we actually married Crystal in our backyard. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. And the boys all dressed up and it was pretty cool. I remember using my paint sprayer and painting a bunch of stuff white. Uh, months prior, thinking it would grow out, and it never did. And you're like, <laughs> I was almost ready to buy some green paint, paint, paint a lot of green. But anyway, Crystal's very been very special to us, and and actually, Crystal's a happy lifer herself. Uh, she's got quite the story, and you're going to love the story. In fact, sometime back, I asked her if she would help me come up with like podcast uh, seasons, podcast. What what's the best better way to put it? Uh, yeah, topics. Like if, if there's a month that has celebrating something or there's something going on in a month that you would hit on that topic specifically and find people who are experienced in that area or have had experiences in that area. Right. And you came to me a few days ago and you had an excellent idea. What do you share with these happy lifers? What your idea was, what we're going to record even right now has to do with your idea. Oh, okay. So um, October is... Um, Infant loss and pregnancy loss month. And I, I don't know if you knew this, guys, but um, I, I never knew that. And I feel embarrassed because that's actually been that way. Ronald Reagan passed it in, what, I think 1988? Um, October In October, he said that was going to be... Yeah, right? I don't know the history of it. I just know that it exists. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I don't know about it. Um, I look like I'm pregnant, okay? <laughs> but I'm not. Um, uh, but uh, quiet, babe. Um <laughs> Anyway, but but Crystal, there's a reason why you would know it's Pregnancy Loss and Awareness Month, and I would love for it if you could just share with with our happy lifers your story a little bit. Okay, I think why it came to my attention recently is because um, I struggled with fertility in my marriage. Um, we've had two miscarriages and a tubal pregnancy. Um, we had two miscarriages and then I had my daughter Netana and then, um, about eight or nine months after she was born, I got pregnant again, but it was a tubal pregnancy 
So we had to um, suffer that loss. And so that's, I apologize, first of all, I apologize to you, and I apologize to everyone else out there, male or female, that have gone through something like this. Um, my wife and I even uh, went through went through this. Uh, would, would have been our what? Our third child? No, our fourth. Our we fourth child. Already. Yeah, we have three already. It was the fourth one, that's right. <laughs> we'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> but, you know... For those of you who've gone through something like that, we we apologize to you. Um, thing I remember, Crystal, was having a family was so. I mean, when you came, when we met you first, you had really gone through a pretty tough. You know, life had slapped you around a little bit. Yeah. That, would you say that's correct? Yes, I would say that is accurate. <laughs> um, and because of that, were there some choices that you made that you wish that you would turn back around? Or like when you came to us originally, there were some. You know how you were. You were you were hurting. I think that's one reason why we were so drawn to you because there was a lot of pain there. You know, am I right in that? Yes, there was a lot of um, shame and a sense of unforgiveness. The thing that carried the most shame was when I was seventeen, I got pregnant and had an abortion. Um, I remember Crystal, you coming to us and how much you wanted to have a baby, and uh, and I remember when. You know, you kept going through these pregnancies and then, and I remember you crossing your fingers and it would always come to a certain point, you know, where like, if I can make it past this point, yeah. right, the odds go way up, yeah. right? And you couldn't get past that point. And had you ever given up hope that you were going to have a child? I definitely struggled with whether or not God was going to allow me to have a baby because of the shame that I felt over having an abortion. And I thought that he was punishing me for it and um, that I wasn't going to be good enough to be a mom. And it was something that I really, really wanted. It was something that I thought I was called to be. I've always wanted to work with children and I loved being around children and I wanted to have my own children. And I wasn't able to and it was really really hard it was hard on it was hard on me spiritually it was hard on my relationship with my husband um what was specifically are you talking the abortion or the the feelings of shame and guilt and i was taking blame and putting it on my husband and i was taking taking blame that i i should have been giving to god instead of taking it and harboring it and using it against myself and my husband. Wow. Now you told me that you felt like God was actually punishing you at one point for having an abortion. Is is that true? He was not. And I know that in my mind, but my heart had a hard time grasping it because it was such a, um, for me, it was so devastating what I had done after, after going through the whole process and feeling it all that I felt about it, um, I couldn't see how anybody could forgive me. I couldn't forgive myself, and um, I couldn't see how God could forgive me. I mean, it's, thou shall not kill. Like, I really held that in my heart, and um, it really destroyed my me inside. Wow. Do you still struggle with that at all? There are moments that when I think about it, when I let my thoughts go there, there are moments where I 
struggle with whether or not he has ultimately forgiven me. How do you grasp that? I mean, how do you live with that? How do you handle that? Because, Crystal, you're pretty solid. You're obviously not a victim. We know you, okay? You're very victorious. You're very confident in who you are now. How do you get from, man, thinking that God just is punishing you and you can't even forgive yourself to where you're at today? How did you handle that? I mean, there might be some other people out there that are struggling with an issue like this. And it might not even be abortion. It might be something else. But they're struggling with forgiving themselves. They're struggling with thinking that God is being mean to them or punishing them for a choice that they made or maybe even a choice that happened to them. I mean, how did you get from there to where you're at today? I know that you still struggle with it some, but number one, how did you get from, and maybe it's the same answer, but how did you get from there to where you are today? And secondly, when those thoughts come in to try to tell you that he still hasn't forgiven you, how do you how do you handle those thoughts if you still struggle with that? So do you get the two-part question there? It might even be the same answer. Um, I think how I was able to, or how I am able to look back on that without feeling condemnation and the strength of the shame that I had back then is I honestly just time and faithfulness to his word. And what does that mean? It means um, reading the Bible and allowing him to reveal his truths to me so that they are my truths. So they're not just things that I read. They're not just stories in the Bible to placate being a Christian. It's they're stories that were written for me. They were stories of how much he loves me and how much he cares for me and that he died on the cross um, for me so that I don't have to do that. I don't have to carry around that guilt and that shame. So if I'm hearing you right, you're saying the reason you read the Bible was really to connect with God and find out what he was thinking about you, what his promises were to, you know, humankind, to yourself. But that's, it wasn't just reading the Bible. It was actually, I mean, it wasn't just that. It was deeper than that. It was to understand that I am his. I am his daughter. I am important to him. He cares about me. He wants what's best for me. And even in my poor choices and in my sin, he still reaches out to me to love me and care for me and um, guide me. Even when I might be turned from him, he's still trying to edge me back into his will, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness. Wow. So did you have to keep telling yourself that he wasn't punishing you? I mean, yeah. did you have to keep telling yourself that you're his daughter? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, and it wasn't sometimes a conscious thing. Sometimes it was just a um, taking the moment and feeling the emotion and crying it out and being honest about how I was feeling and allowing him and the Holy Spirit to just work in my life and work in my heart in that moment. And it wasn't necessarily something that was consciously happening. It was something that was spiritually happening. And I just learned to trust the process and trust the emotion and allow it to take place and not be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of the shame and allow God to take that and allow him to heal that and replace it with grace and with mercy. So how did you do that? How did you allow God to, how does someone allow God to take their shame? What did you, what was their process? Was it something that you said? Was it something you believe? What? Um, no, I think it was when those kinds of feelings or when I would start thinking about how I felt unforgiven or how I felt shame or whatever emotion I was feeling, um, 
I allowed that feeling to take place. And I um, told God how I felt about it, that sometimes there was moments where I told him I was really mad at him and that I was really upset and angry and frustrated. And I thought you promised me these things. Like I thought if the Bible is true, then these promises in my heart are from you. And why aren't you giving them to me? And just being really honest in my conversations with him and allowing that emotion to sweep over me and cry it out and be angry and then let the peace that came afterwards fill me back up again and allow me to understand what grace and mercy is and forgiveness is. Because I couldn't get to that point without first being honest with him about how I was feeling. He already knew how I was feeling, but I needed to, I needed to say it and I needed to acknowledge it so that I was no longer holding that chained to me. I had to like unlock that emotion and say, here, this is yours and allow him to replace that with one of his attributes, one of who he is, which is grace and love. That's interesting because we talk a lot and, and, um, and happy life about, about God wants us to be angry. He wants us to let that out. And you're saying if you didn't let that out, you couldn't have received his forgiveness. Um, I'm going to ask you to do something here. Um, would you mind just going back and actually having the conversation that you had with God? One of your conversations, many. Could you just pretend like you're back, I don't know how many years ago, maybe months, maybe minutes ago. I don't know. But could you go back <laughs> just a little bit and um, actually have that conversation? For those that, that don't, never gone through something like this, having a conversation with God like that, that they just feel like I got to hold it in because God will fry me if I let him know. I think it might be kind of healthy for them to hear what it actually sounded like. So do you mind just actually doing what you just said that you did instead of explaining it, actually talking it out? Um, I just pretend God try. is right there. Yeah. Um, God, I am really mad. I don't understand how you can promise me something and not give it to me. I don't know why you are holding it from me. I don't know why I have this desire in my heart that is supposed to be from you and it is not fulfilled. Okay. Thank you. That took some guts to do. So when you prayed a prayer like that, what happened? It was probably always something different. But did you pray a prayer like that just once, or did you do it several times? Or I have prayed a prayer like that several times over my life as a Christian, and not just about this, about anything that I was frustrated with. And I've never been let down as far as his response to me. Whenever I would have a, a conversation with God like that, it was almost instantaneous. Um, when I was done venting that he would, there would just be a peace that came over me. It was almost like being washed over by a, a giant wave and I was able to breathe and like sigh out whatever might've been left over. And he filled me back up and maybe there wasn't like an actual feeling of grace or peace or no there was peace but there wasn't a sense of 
necessarily like this is over now, but it was just, I've got this. We're working through this together and it's going to take some time and everything is going to be okay because I'm here with you. So there was no, there was no leaving me hanging. I wasn't just like, I didn't just vent at him and then there was just nobody there to... So, and the circumstances didn't change, but you had changed. Right. I Everything was still the same, but I was different. I was um, at peace and I understood God more as my father. I understood him more as um, a caring friend, as my savior. There was just so many things that he would reveal to me in those moments. Wow. So <laughs> I just thought, man, if we could bottle that, I mean, we'd be millionaires. I mean, what do you think the street value of something like that is? <laughs> you know, yeah. what would people pay to get that? And then I thought, you know what? Cool part is, is it already is bottled. I mean, every one of us can experience that. And I know that for me, it's true. And, and my wife here, it's true for her. I mean, we've done the same thing. And sometimes I'll get in my car and roll the window up and I'll just, sometimes I'll yell at God, man, I'll let him have it. But boy, it isn't long before once I let that out, then I can receive, you know, and you got to get that junk out of you before you can receive something good inside of you. And so thank you. That took a lot of guts to do that. I just want to switch gears just a little bit here. You know, if a child loses a parent, we have a name for that, right? It's called, he's an orphan. She's an orphan. If someone loses their spouse, they're a widower, a widower, you know, but we don't have a name for somebody who loses their child. And I think that's kind of sad because I think I think that tends to suggest we just kind of pass over it. What are your thoughts on, on that? I think that's the biggest struggle with um, women talking about having lost a baby or having had an abortion um, is there's there's no place for them. There's no group or label to identify with you just have lost and a lot of times especially with miscarriages um it's a silent lonely grief because there was no baby in your arms so there was no like outward proof i guess to say um but that there was that there is a loss and so i think that is the biggest reason why it's not talked about why people don't know that there's an awareness month for it because women just don't they don't know how to breach the topic they don't know how to talk about it and what would you say to anyone that feels like that gone through it yourself four times now okay so you're kind of an expert at this <laughs> not something you want to be an expert at but no. having gone through it four times what would you say to that feeling to that feeling of loss that what you just said that you're not alone and there are so many women around you that have um, suffered that pain and have walked through that grief or are walking through that grief um, and to be okay with talking about it, to say, I am struggling. I have had this loss of this grief and know that more than likely the person you're talking to is going to say me too, or I n know somebody who, um, had a, a miscarriage. Would say no to that, but you know, 10 to 20% of pregnancies end in a miscarriage, 10 to 20%. 
So we are not alone. And I, I know that when we feel alone, that's the hardest part is, is that. And so, um, yeah, I think you'd be surprised when you talk to somebody that they're going to feel the same way or, or have experienced or know someone else who's experienced. And I think I'd also say, too, you can speak to this if you don't mind, but you probably want to be careful who you share to. You don't just share it with anybody. I mean, it needs what does it need to be a friend or someone you think you can trust or someone that you think is going to not, I don't know, would you just share that with anybody or? I, I would share it with a friend. If you've not shared it before, I would just share it with a friend, um, somebody that you can trust, somebody who you're really, really close to. Um, and get comfortable with it if it's something that you're uncomfortable with. And then as you get comfortable with who you are after your miscarriage, and because I think that can sometimes rock your identity a little bit and who you are as a woman, um, and you get more comfortable about talking about it and how you feel about it, then talking about it more freely with other people becomes easier. It becomes almost like I need to, to share this because I know there are other people who are hurting or have experienced what I'm experiencing and need to just talk about it. And you want to become that open door. So you start out just with somebody that you know. And man, and even if you can't even get to that point yet, then at least talk to God about it. Like you just I couldn't have gone through what I've gone through without Jesus. And I don't know how people do it without him because there's, for me, there was so much despair and guilt and sin and how I responded to my miscarriages um, that I don't know how I could have done it without Jesus. And then I don't know how I could have done it without my husband's support. And I don't know how I could have gone through it without the friends around me to talk about it and but process you through it. About it. You would have had to gone through with them and it just wouldn't, you wouldn't be the same person. I just wish people knew you like we knew you. We know you, you know, because we, I remember how broken and beat up and how much you disliked yourself. And I remember all that, you know, and I look at you now and you're such a, you always were a beautiful person. You always were an amazing person. We always loved you. Christine and I always just thought you were the best, but I look at who you are today and the mom you are to your sweet Netna. And in fact, what does Netna mean? Means gift of God. And that was, um, my husband's really into picking names for our children, <laughs> and he had a list of 10, and when I came upon her name, um, it stuck with me, and the meaning of it really meant something because it's redeeming in so many ways for me that God loves me and that my child is a gift from him, and you don't give gifts to people you're ticked at and like you don't give gifts to people you don't like and you don't you know like right. you give gifts to those you love and whom you have relationship with and so to know that my daughter is a gift from him is um really amazing i wasn't even supposed to be having her um because i was diagnosed with some imbalanced hormone levels and um they told me that the only way I was going to be able to carry a child was to do um IVF and um that really rocked my world because when they get, got my test results back and told me that my hormone levels were screwed up and I was like five years older 
than I should have been. Um, I really thought that that was the end for me and that my abortion was coming back to haunt me. And I remember feeling guilty because I had been blaming my husband, um, for not getting me pregnant. (laughs) And I had to ask for forgiveness for my attitude towards him. And, um, it was quite the process of dealing with shame and guilt in hearing that diagnosis. And then when we got pregnant with Netana, naturally, like we were priming ourselves for all of the processes for IVF and getting ready for that. And then I got pregnant and it was like, wow. But at the same time, it was super, super scary because I didn't want to lose another baby. And, um, we found out that I could take a supplement, um, of progesterone to help me carry to term and everything went well and she's healthy and she's my gift from God. Yeah, she is. And she's an amazing gift. And, um, you know, we've talked about crappy life and happy life. You know, you, you can't know what hot is unless you know what cold is. You can't know what light is unless you know what dark is. And you can't know what happy is unless you know what crappy is. And your level of crappy was pretty big, was pretty difficult. I mean, I, I can't think of, you know, it was just about 10 out of 10, you know, but your level of happy is the same. And you went through this thing. You didn't let it beat you up and just quit. You kept giving it to God. You kept talking to people about it. And I just applaud you. I mean, I'm so proud of you. I just, I wish people could see, and I'm sure they can pick it up just from this this podcast here, the beauty of who you are as a human being. And so I just want you to know it's, it's very noticeable. Um, Christine, is there anything that you would like to say to anyone that went through a loss or anything like that? Yeah. I just want to say that there's just a wide gamut of people who have gone through this, you know, people who have tried for years and years and had multiple miscarriages and problems, and then people like us who didn't have very many. And and this is another thing that I think there's a misconception on. You hear a lot of times people say, saying to someone else, oh, you were only five weeks or six weeks, you know, so at least it wasn't too bad. And I just want to say that that's not true. I mean, I think when we had our miscarriage, we were getting close to 12 weeks. Um, It would have been our fourth child. And so I kind of assumed, because I had had three healthy children, that um, I wouldn't miscarry. You know, but I still felt like we needed to wait. They always say when you get to that 12 weeks, it's safe and you can start telling people and that kind of thing. And we had just gotten to the point where we had just told our children that we were going to have another baby. And I don't know. I think the minute you find out that you're going to have a child, your mind goes there and you start preparing for it and you start um, planning for it. And you're, you're already envisioning, I'm going to have four kids instead of three. And this is going to be amazing. And even if it wasn't something you planned on, it's still, you mentally start preparing for your life to change. And there's a lot of joy in that. And so when it's taken away, even if it's at three weeks or if it's at 12 weeks or if it's at 20 weeks or if it's at, you know, 30 weeks, whatever, it's, devastating and um so i i want to stress to people who have lost children in the early weeks and have had people tell you oh it's okay you know it wasn't it was early so you know at least you know you you know you probably aren't feeling as much or whatever it might be they might feel like they're 
um, they don't have a right to complain or they don't have a right to mourn or they don't have a right to feel sad because it was early and you know I, I there's just that misconception that that might not have been a real pregnancy or it might not have been a viable one yet or I just think the second that you become pregnant it's a miracle and that there's a baby growing inside you so um, that was something I really felt like I wanted to say and I also think I need to say that I mean people can't see Crystal sitting here but she's about a week or two away from having her second baby so as you're talking about all this pain and all these things that you've struggled with you're a living proof of 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 a miracle again sitting right in front of us yeah. you know with a beautiful baby coming soon you know and you know we're so excited for you and um I just love the fact that God is so good at giving gifts and what I'm concerned with is the people who never do get to get pregnant you know mm. I mean we have this misconception that that if you press into God yeah, yeah. that you're gonna have that baby eventually you know that this gift yes God does give good gifts but sometimes he doesn't give it to to you the way that you want it, you know, and I know people who have either wrapped their brain around, okay, maybe we're not meant to be parents of our own children, and they find fulfillment in doing all sorts of work with children or whatever it might be, or in adoption or, um, you know, whatever it might be. I think that that's a valid point. Like, I think before... Before I got pregnant with Netana, I actually was having a conversation with a friend of mine. Um, I was actually their nanny. And uh, they were very generous people and prayed for me and had gone, were there with me during my miscarriages because I was nannying their children, which was really difficult to have a miscarriage and then go take care of somebody else's children. They had had a, th a three-month-old that I was taking care of. So it was interesting. But um, I remember having a conversation with her and saying, you know, I've just been praying to God about whether or not this is about me being pregnant or about me being a mother. And if it's just about me being a mother, then I can do that. I don't need to go through pregnancy to be a mom. I can adopt children and I can um, befriend families that have children and I can be their their aunt. I can be whoever I need to be to these, these other children and still find satisfaction and joy and love there because God will be there with me. That was his plan for me. And I will find my joy and my happiness there. Um, and it didn't have to be about being pregnant. And I, I had to come to that point, I think in my process, it might not be like that for anybody else, but in my process, I needed to get there. Um, for God to begin to really stir in my heart, my des the desires he's given me. Well, and I, I think, too, that for me, a lot of miracles that have happened in my life, they happened because I was in need. And it, it went on to something else. For instance, you know, um, you know, I could imagine wanting to have a child, not being able to have a child. But if there's some couples out there that now, now have adopted a child, that the child would still be, you know, 
not adopted. They'd be on their own. They'd be maybe grown out of the orphanage now or wherever they're living or, or maybe even who knows where they'd be. But because a person wasn't able to have a child, someone else had a child that they are meant to have or they are going to be able to have and they are going to be able to parent them. And if they were able to have their child, they wouldn't have went through with the adoption. And, and then that thing wouldn't have happened. So, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that I hold to a lot, that I have to go to a lot, that just says all things will work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And um, it can work for, together for good, and it can. Um, so I, I think that, that what you ladies have said has just been very deep and very, and you were that way too. I remember, you know, you were one of the best babysitters we ever had. And you would, even when you weren't babysitting, you would, Jordan, our firstborn, man, you would, still to this day, you guys go out on your regular date where you take him to seize candy and you get a chocolate candy. And I don't even know if he cares that much about chocolate candies, but it's the fact that you guys always went and you would just do that out of the, it wasn't even, you, were, you weren't even babysitting for us. You would just always take Jordan out on his birthday, whatever, to go do something like that. And I, I think there's just two ways to look at things, and, and there's always a way that we can look at things, and, and, and we can be a blessing to somebody else, and sometimes our loss is somebody else's gain, and I, I want to be careful saying that, because I, I know it's a touchy topic, and it's a very difficult thing for people, um, but so, so I think this, it's really good that you shared your heart with us, and you were so vulnerable with us, and open with us, and, and um, this is a very sacred moment to me uh, right now, where we're at. I think it's important that we remember to bear our hearts to God and leave ourselves out there and vulnerable for him. To, he might have a different plan. He might have a different plan a for our lives. Plan. And it might not look... Our story is written by God, not us. So we have to allow him to write that story. And sometimes that means setting aside what we think is right or what we want to happen and saying, God, what is your will for my life? And letting him work in that and being, you don't, I wasn't okay with not being pregnant, but I had to come to that place to say, God, if that's what you want, then that's what I'll do. And so knowing that in the future, I would be okay with that because he's faithful. So making sure we come to that point with God and saying, your will, not my will. Like, what do you want for me? Not what do I want for me? Because like you said, we could be blessing a child who would never have received that blessing. But someone went through a loss, and because of that loss, the right. kid got a gain. Right. They and got a gain. We can be something to somebody that we would have never thought we could be had we not set aside our own agenda and allowed God to work in our hearts, in our lives. And I think that that is just as important. Well... Thank you so much. I feel like we've, we've gone a while. We've gone longer than we normally go here, but this is just a, it's a deep topic, you know, and we just don't want to pass through this thing. And, and uh, so I guess I, I could break it down into, in fact, I think we'll probably title the podcast this, You Are Not Alone. So don't believe that you are, because you're not. But if you hold it inside and don't let anyone know, you go through it alone, and you basically are alone, even though you're not. I know not, not everybody that listens to this podcast um, are necessarily Christians or followers of Jesus. It's in the religion and spirituality section. It's not in the Christianity section. But um, I don't know many people that would turn down prayer, you know. And if if that's you and you're listening, you can just hit stop on the on the thing right now. I'm so glad that you listened. Um, 
And I'm glad that you're a part of this whole thing and sharing and subscribing and commenting and all that type of stuff. But would you just mind just speaking a blessing or maybe even praying over um, over people that are going through this this loss? And I, again, I want to thank you for just being an amazing person that you are to our kids, to your family, and for sharing your heart with us. I know that took a lot of guts, and I appreciate you helping out. Happy life a ton. Uh, would you mind speaking a blessing uh, or even praying over those that are struggling in this situation? Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for the people who have listened to this podcast today. And I pray that um, wherever their heart is, that you would meet them there. That if they are in the middle of grief, and sorrow and loss, that you would comfort them, that you would wrap your arms around them and let them know that they are not alone and that there are people out there who will listen and uh, comfort them. I pray that you would bring to them a friend to talk to, to help them through this process. I pray that um, in the days and weeks and months to come, God, that you would continue to heal their hearts that you would give them hope and peace and that you would take away any shame or condemnation or lies of the, the enemy um, that might be trying to uh, hold them back from discovering who they are in you and finding their strength in you. And I just thank you so much for your forgiveness and uh, your love for us. And in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening.